so I also would like to welcome you all. I'll read from uh, Whispers from Eternity, Yogananda's book of prayer demands. Make me thy butterfly of eternity. I have burnt my past, destroying every seed of evil destiny. I have stridden bravely through the strewn ashes of my past and future fears. I am the eternal now, having torn to shreds my enclosing cocoon of ignorance with the sharp knife of free will. Now I am thy soaring butterfly of eternity, flitting freely through immeasurable skies of time. The beauty of my wings I spread out through nature everywhere to entertain all beings. My wings are sprinkled with suns and stardust. Lo, I am beautiful. May every silken thread that shrouded my past folly be severed forever. See, they trail now behind me, only adding to my beauty as I wing my way to my own self in thee. Beautiful poem. So, how high shall I aspire? I wanted to tell you a little story before I address that topic of a young recruit to the army who was assigned, unusually so because he was brand new, a position of guarding an intensely high security area. And uh, he was given a rifle and he was told, do not allow anyone, anyone who tries to pass without showing you their, their badge, shoot them. And so he was, you know, very new and, and wanting to do everything right. And so the very first car that, that came up to the gate was a general. And, and the general kind of waved and was starting to drive through. And the man stepped out in front of the car with his rifle. And he said, excuse me, sir, I'm really sorry. I'm new at all of this. Do I shoot him first or you? <laughs> anyway, we find ourselves in unusual situations time, from time to time. Um, so how high should we aspire? Well, that is a question for each one of us to answer individually. But it brings to mind different things and images in my mind. Um, for some people who are very new to the spiritual life, it might just be imagining your highest uh, potential. Um, but interestingly enough, that question of how high I should aspire is sort of already answered once we step on the path of self-realization. Because the very definition of self-realization is, if you will remember, self-realization is the knowing in all parts of body, mind, and soul that you are now in the possession of the kingdom of God, that you do not need to pray that it come to you, that God's omnipresence is your omnipresence and that all you need to do is improve your knowing.
Now, all you need to do to, is improve your knowing. That's, that's, of course, the big part. But the intention is already there. The intention is already answered. And that's huge, really. Because I was listening to the chant that they were playing uh, before Sunday service, Nothing on Earth Can Hold Me. And a lot of the time, it's about fear. You know, nothing to fear anymore. Fear has to do with the heart. So there's just ways to look at this that, um, that will be helpful. Because I think for all of us, we want to know about that high goal. We want to shoot for it. Why not shoot for the moon? Let's go for it. It's wasting time all these lifetimes. Let's do that. But we also need clarity about what that means. And we need support. We need to understand how we are supported in doing that. Um, I always remember a couple of scenes from the movie long ago now, Chariots of Fire. And two of the scenes, one, and they're two of the main characters who were runners competing in the Olympics, 1924 in uh, Paris. And uh, one of the characters is preparing for this event, which was a huge deal. It was just after World War I, and everyone was gathering again for this special event. But um, he's a very famous runner. I don't remember the name right now. But at any rate, he's training before this. And in one of the events, he loses after all his hard work. And he's sitting afterwards just like this. You know, I can't believe I lost. I can't believe I lost. And uh, his, his fiance comes up and he says, well, you know, she says, it'll, it'll be okay. He said, I won't run if I can't win. And she looks at him and she says, you can't win if you don't run. <laughs> ah, very, very good. That's, that's something for all of us to keep in mind. We do need to run and we will win eventually, but we can't win if we don't run. And then the second one is the other character, who is uh, Eric Little, the famous uh, runner of that time. And uh, he also is preparing uh, for this event. And in one of the races, he uh, starts out. And it's a, a long enough race that this could happen and did happen. It's a real event where he's running and gets to a certain point, And the fellow next to him bumps into him and knocks him completely down. I mean, boom. And uh, it's like gasp. Everybody in the audience just gasps. And uh, he is so determined to win that race that he gets up and he just starts running, 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 running. And he wins the race, which is unbelievable. It, it couldn't happen. But Eric Liddell was out. He wasn't running for himself. He was running for Christ. And that was what he said. And it's known that as a runner, at a certain point, he didn't even look where he was going. His head would go back. And when that happened, they knew he would win because he was just whoosh. And his style wasn't even very good. You know, he, he ran not in a particular running style that would be thinking, you know, you would be a really good runner. He just went for it. And he won. And at the end of that race, 
one of the coaches comes up because he almost died doing that. He was just heaving uh, his chest. And one of the coaches comes up and he's helping him, holding him up and helping him breathe and all of that. And he said, well, it wasn't a very uh, pretty race, <laughs> but it was the most brave race I've seen. And, you know, I think those kinds of things are important for us to keep in mind as we aspire for the highest. We're going for God-realization. That means oneness with the light, oneness with love, oneness with bliss. And, uh, and that's a huge thing. You know, I, I'll talk a little bit about how we get there, but, but this lifetime, <laughs> we couldn't have a better lifetime to do this in. Um, some people here are new to Ananda, I realize that. For others who are on this path of self-realization, who are connected with Ananda in some way, we have an avatar who came, Paramhansa Yogananda, in the 1900s, specifically for this time in history, to support all of us. Thousands of people saw him, but anyone who took up the spiritual life, his support was there for that. And brought all the different ways to do this, that very, as he said, what I love about America is, Americans, is that they say, eventually, eventually, why not now? And that's what he, his spirit, when he came to America, he was very unusual for an Indian guru. His energy, his bhav, his teachings, everything was about energy. And it was about that. Let's do it now. Say yes and make it snappy. That kind of energy behind everything. So there is an avatar. Specifically came for this time of transition from one age to another. The power of that is tremendous. And then we, with Ananda, have the example, power, and expression of all of Yogananda's teachings in living form through Swami Kriyananda. He really brought into existence and into being a whole way of life. We don't just have a community here. We have a community, we have businesses, we have schools all over the world, we have education for life, we have music, we have books, we have everything. We have ceremonies like the Festival of Light. We have a renunciate order. Everything, like a magic wand, was just, it all brought into being. But it wouldn't have happened if there weren't people who wanted to do that. And so all of us, every one of us, matters tremendously that this is coming into being. It's like a, a two-way thing, you know, where it's brought into being and then we need to take part in it to really make it stay in, in existence and to make it real. But it's also the way that we will find our oneness with that divine because all of it is about liberation. The schools teaching children are about how they're able to live and be free in energy. The music is astral. It's from another realm. Listen to it always, really. 
um, the books, the teachings, the path of Kriya Yoga, all of it. We couldn't ask for anything better in one lifetime. And I think we've worked, obviously so, many, many lifetimes to come to this point. So I would say, how high should we aspire? Go for the, for the top. <laughs> Go for the highest. But then we have to look at how do we actually get there. Last weekend, excuse me, just one moment. I was in northern Massachusetts with Jaya and Sadhana Devi. We did a Kriya retreat there, which is an annual event for all of the East Coast meditation groups clear from Washington, D.C. up to York, Maine, and people out in Pennsylvania. Everybody converges twice a year for retreats, but one of them is a Kriya retreat. And so the three of us went and did a, two different initiations and program. The weekend is just packed, and people are so grateful to be there. It is an incredible time. Uh, to spend with them. But the reason I mention that, and hello to anyone who is watching from back there, because it was a great blessing. Over 40 people were there. But Jaya, in both the class and Sunday service, touched on elements that I thought they really are how, how we can aspire. How high should we aspire? Yes, for the top, for oneness with God. But how do we get there? Because Yogananda, this path of Kriya Yoga, the path of self-realization, is made practical. So it's, we don't just get there. We have to take it step by step by step. So Jaya outlined um, four elements for a meditation practice. And I'll just go through these quickly. But uh, you have to develop your will to engage in a, in a regular meditation practice. This is how you establish a foundation. So will. You have to establish regularity, meaning habit, that you meditate. It's not an option every day. You just meditate every day. It's part of your life. It's like you get up and brush your teeth and have breakfast. You meditate every day, twice a day if possible, but every day. And then um, right attitude. Say yes to life. At the energy, you're always trying to move energy up. You don't want it to go down, move it up if possible. These are classes, you know, could each be a class, so I'm not going into them in depth. And the last one was devotion. And so he said those four elements are really a foundation of how we begin to go toward self-realization. All we need to do is improve our knowing. This is the beginning the foundation of inner communion, meditation, because without that, we can't, we can't make spiritual progress, really. We have to go inward. When the reading says that your, your, uh, your spiritual, I forget exactly how it's phrased, but it will exceed the scribes and the Pharisees, it means inner communion. And the longer passage about this in The Promise of Immortality is very helpful to read. But um, so we need to have a way to commune inwardly, to go beyond uh, uh, normal understanding, outward ceremonies, all of that. So that's a foundation. But 
more is needed, naturally. And so he said, from that foundation, Swami Kriyananda, and I've always remembered this, he, he said, it takes very good karma to stay on this, even if you enter onto a spiritual path like this, to stay on it your entire life. It's not easy. It's challenging because we're talking about things that um, really challenge the essence of who you are and you're trying to get a different perspective on that. (coughs) But at any rate, so that um, we must make a commitment that is at the level of life and death. The commitment to the path has to be at the level of life and death. And what Swami also said about this, Swami Kriyananda, is he said, always remember why you came on the path, the energy around it. What did, what did you do that really brought you, what, what did you come to in your life that really brought you on the path? Because that's a, it's a big thing to come on the spiritual path. And so that commitment is essential to stay on the path to the end of your life, of a lifetime. And the third element was what the reading was today, self-honesty, humility. Because as you go along, your ability to see yourself in deeper and deeper and more open and more clear ways uh, is, is key. If, you, if we are entering along a path that's about self-realization, then absolutely the next step that comes is dealing with the ego. That's there from the beginning, but not in such obvious ways. But, so once we have a foundation, once we have that commitment, I'm going to stick with it, life or death, and that we're being we're introspecting, we're being more honest about who we are and what our challenges are and what we have to deal with, then it becomes more clear that we really have to deal with letting go of the ego, which is who we are. I mean, for the most part, in a day-to-day way, that's who we think we are. And so that transformation from one consciousness of that I am my personality, my body, my mind, and, and all of that. I am my ego, my separate identity, to I am one with God. That's, that's the biggie. That's the, the transformation that really takes everything we've got. One young sadhu in India that I read about said, he said, egoji. He said, I can, I can talk about it lightly now because the deed is done. In other words, he had transformed himself uh, with help. But, uh, but he said, but at the time, it was a matter of life and death. It was a, a big, big struggle. But so we come to that place. And as Swami Kriyananda said when Jyotish and Devi were with him and said, what is the spiritual, what is the essence of the spiritual path? And he just stopped and he said, it is getting rid of the ego and seeing God as the doer in all things. And so, 
And how do you do that? By deeper, longer meditation. So again, we come back to that foundation that has to be there. And so for each one of us, again, it's a process, but all I'll say is I think this lifetime is particularly blessed. Even the chaos helps because it's so strange that it makes you go within, it makes you seek that something deeper. And, and so it's not just an indifferent lifetime, it's a time to really go for it and to really seek that uh, the longing of our hearts that will never go away. And you know, one of my friends and I, Catherine, every so often will joke about, you know, every so often it looks like, well, maybe delusion could actually work in this way. <laughs> but you know, that's what we have to resolve, is that it absolutely will not work in any way. <laughs> it's about dual because it's about duality. It's just set up that way, pleasure and pain, joy and sorrow, life and death. It just, it's always about duality. And so, so for us, that has to be resolved, and it takes time for that. But I think for a number of people in this lifetime, that is resolved. But then you have to move forward on getting rid of the ego. And that is really something. You know, one, one thing that Swami, but it, it's little things. And again, Swami Kriyananda said, he said, um, the spiritual path, one, one Yogananda said, the minutes are more important than the years. And I always used to think, minutes to years, but absolutely. And then Swami Kriyananda said, he said, the way that you grow and the way that you transform yourself is by little acts of will, daily, daily. So daily practice of everything, all the foundation, the attitudes, the commitment, the devotion, Yogananda, you must individually make love to God, absolutely. And then you come to that place where each thing matters. And one thing that Swami wrote that, um, and there's a number of things, but I wanted to mention this one because it just struck me. And that was, he said, for instance, I think this might be in the uh, Renunciation for the New Age booklet, but he said, if you make a mistake, don't say, I did it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, I, I, how stupid am I? I, I, I. He said, say, it happened. You have to start to, we all have to start to impersonalize how we see everything. It's not about personality. Other people's, our own, it's about the energy and the uh, positions that go with that energy. It's about the principles. And so it happened. It's not that you're ignoring it, you know, a mistake. It's not that you're denying it. You look at it fully, you see what it is, you see what you could do about it. You just don't take the further step of saying, I did it. And, and your energy goes down. What happens is that by doing this, little by little, impersonalizing, 
That's how we're moving into the light, because it's impersonal. It doesn't look at I, I, I. It looks at the soul. And the soul is one with that light, and we just move gradually more and more as quickly as we want to. It's all up to us. It's like the purification ceremony. We have to come up and start it. We have to come up and kneel down and say, I seek purification. I want it. And if we don't do that, nothing happens. We can sit there, but nothing will happen. And so for us, we need to put that in motion. We need to look and all of this in a relaxed, open, loving, joyful, free way. All of it. If we're not moving and feeling those kinds of qualities in our life, something's wrong. If it feels more tense about, oh, now I, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to, every moment counts and all the little acts of will. No, 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 no. Has, and that's why meditation is so important because it grounds us. It's the foundation that allows us to move into this in a super conscious way so that it's about, it's all about joy. It's all about inner freedom. And uh, if we're not moving in that direction, then Take a look, self-honesty, look inside and see what to adjust, how to change things. And I'll close with this. Swami Kriyananda wrote that sweet song, uh, Well Done, Lord. It's about a real person, a real saint who lived in a cave. And, he, and I think Swami either knew him or knew of him. But he would come out from his cave in the morning, look around and say, well done, Lord. Very well done. And then he'd go back into the cave <laughs> because he was self-realized enough to know that it's all a dream. It's all duality and God's. But well done, Lord. Really good. Look at all the trees and uh, everything, all the people. And then the other thing to remember is that when that phrase from the Gita hard the wise Mahatma is to find who says when he says all is Vasudev it's in bliss it's in from a state of bliss all is Vasudev all is God and so hopefully and assuredly we will all come to that place in our own consciousness it's not about what it looks like outwardly it's about our inner transformation. Only you and God know about that. And so may we all come to that freedom and that all is Vasudev state of consciousness.